I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexington Arrow Leader at Kentucky.com. On today's podcast, we're going to talk name, image, and likeness. It was a big week last week for college athletics off the court and off the field. We had the Supreme Court decision on Monday, 9-0, against the NCAA saying universities can no longer uh, restrict education-related benefits for student-athletes. Then later in the week in Kentucky, Governor Andy Beshear signed an executive order allowing schools, allowing student-athletes at schools in the state to, ma- uh, to make money to monetize their name, image, and likeness. Um, a lot, a lot of states around the country have passed legislation that are, some of them are going to affect on July 1st. Kentucky is not one of those states, so this gives a chance for Kentucky to basically uh, UK, Kentucky, UK and other Kentucky schools to compete against uh, states from other schools in that regard. The NCAA has not uh, come up with a rule yet. They wanted Congress to pass a law that superseded the state laws to bring some consistency to name, image, and likeness. Uh, Congress it looks like it's not going to do that anytime soon. The NCAA will meet this coming week to try to pass some sort of legislation with regards to name, image, and likeness. But Governor Bashir went on and signed the executive order. Mitch Barnhart, UK Athletic Director, at a press conference on Friday, a Zoom call with um, with Kentucky media. And I talked about all that with my friend and my fellow columnist at the Lexington Leader, Kentucky Mark, Mark Story. Uh, we talked about all those issues. We also talked a little football uh, at the end of our conversation uh, as well. Uh, before we get to Mark, I want to encourage people to check out uh, the subscription offers at Kentucky.com, including the Sports Pass, the sports only subscription. It's $30 for one year uh Sports, you get all UK football, UK basketball, UK recruiting, high school coverage, horse racing, you get it all for $30 for one year. Go to Kentucky.com, hit on that subscription button, and check out all of our offers. And without further ado, let's get right to it. my conversation with Mark Story of the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Okay, I'm here with Mark Story, my friend and colleague and columnist the Herald Leader. Mark, how's this? we haven't talked to you, Mark, since uh, uh, the end of the basketball season when we had uh, kind of a, 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 I'm not around the horn, but a group uh, group podcast talking about UK's basketball season. How's your summer going to this point? My summer's been good. It's all it's all good. I'm very happy, uh, happily vaccinated and returning to normal life, and I'm happy to be returning to normal life. Yeah, I am too. Uh, same here, vaccinated. It's been uh, 
Uh, well, I'm sure you've been watching the NBA playoffs too, and watching baseball. Your beloved Dodgers, watching the Reds. Uh, you know, and I think you wrote about this back a little earlier. I mean, it's great to see the fans back. Yeah, it is. I mean, the one thing, the lasting. Well, there's many lasting things I'm going to take from the pandemic year, but in sports context, probably the number one thing is the fans really matter. I mean, right. the atmosphere at game events really matter. And without them, it just was not the same experience. So yeah, it's, it's really cool to, you know, turn on TV or turn on the radio and, and hear, you know, crowd reactions and fan noise and see fans. And, and I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to being back at Kroger field with, a, with, with, the whole the whole gang, so to speak. Yeah, me too. Absolutely, and and you're right. I mean, they do make a big difference. We've already seen that, uh, and we're not even to the football season yet, but uh, definitely in the playoffs and baseball, we've seen a difference. Uh, Mark, the reason I wanted to talk to you is because of uh, uh, it was a big week last week as far as uh, student athletes and the power of student athletes and rights with the Supreme Court ruling on Monday, which said based a nine zero ruling against the NCAA saying that they can't restrict uh, education-related benefits for student-athletes. But then the big news uh, came with uh, Andy Bashir signing, later in the week, signing executive order uh, saying that uh, Kentucky student-athletes can uh, benefit from name, image, and likeness, can monetize name, image, and likeness. Mitch Barnhart had a press conference on Friday. Uh, we were both on there for the Zoom that Mark, I mean, that uh, Mitch had with the media. Uh, we both wrote on this subject. I wrote on my, I wrote my column after the Supreme Court uh, ruling. You wrote your column. Uh, uh, did you, you wrote, you wrote it before Bashir's order. Is that right? Or? I wrote it on the day we were expecting the order to be issued, but because of the deadlines are quite early now, I <laughs> yes. actually wrote it before it was issued. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Uh, but it was also on that issue and so forth. So what, what did you think, what did you think of Mitch's press conference uh, about when he answered questions about the NIL and about uh, Governor Bashir's executive order? Well, in, in terms of the governor's executive order, I think, you know, because I think almost all the other SEC states or the other states that are in the SEC footprint, the legislature had passed bills. And I think in like five or six of the states, the bills they've passed legalizing NIL or granting college athletes the right to profit from their name, image, and likeness going to effect you know, next Thursday, this coming Thursday, July 1st. Right. You know, I think Kentucky schools in Kentucky would have been at a disadvantage, a potential recruiting disadvantage. So I think the governor, you know, by stepping in, you know, leveled the playing field for the schools in our state. You know, I, you know, the, I didn't have the adverse reaction to the Mitch Zoom call that a lot of the fans on Twitter and on the message board seem to have i didn't take it that you know he was you know trying to just throw water on it so much as i just thought you know he's presiding over a, what is a a a humongous change in the paradigm and there doesn't appear to be much infrastructure in place nationally right. you know, to sort of you know for guidance and i just thought you know he was sort of reflecting the uncertainty you know I, obviously you know there was you know a pretty negative fan reaction from what i saw uh, to that to that uh, Zoom conference. Yeah, and do you think that that's because fans are scared to death that Kentucky's going to get caught behind, that these other schools are going to be ahead, and they're going to, yeah, of course, it all comes down to recruiting, and they're going to have a recruiting advantage uh, because over UK because, you know, Mitch said we need to go slow, we need to take, uh, you know, deliberate steps in this, and this first day, we kept referring to it as the first day in what's going to be a marathon. I think it goes back, part of it at least goes back to the fan 
panic that the the other guys getting ahead of us. Yeah, I, I think that's completely it, and and I somewhat understand. You know, I I think if you're a fan, and you know, and especially I you know I don't. I don't know how much fans truly care about the underlying issue, but as right. you point out, I think they see it as a recruiting factor. And I think what you want to hear is, you know, we're full speed ahead. We're going to figure out how to maximize, you know, right. this situation and the, this you know, very big change to the benefit of, you know, the university of Kentucky and the, the teams at the university of Kentucky and figure out how we can, you know, put it to our advantage in the quickest manner possible. And obviously that was not, you know, the message that he was putting out so right. right and yeah and i think if uh, cal perry's tweets were kind of like you know let's go let's uh you know let's go uh let's go on this so we've both i think written that we are we think this is this is the right thing to do correct as far as uh, uh, yeah student yeah. athletes are concerned I, yeah i mean my basic feeling is is that the money just got so big in, right. in major college athletics that it all fundamentally altered kind of the what it truly is and i just think it you know it's beyond the point where you know the athletes need a chance need need a chance to, to share in some of the immense uh, revenue that's being generated by their uh, by their endeavors right and i think uh you know, obviously, how they put this in place, the guidance that uh, UK gives on this. Uh, you know, one of my questions was, I mean, uh, and I noticed in uh, the executive order, uh, Bashir mentioned that they can't do things that conflict with the university. Uh, I would assume that would mean that, uh, you know, UK obviously is a Nike school, that a student athlete can't do a commercial for Adidas or he can't endorse Under Armour or something like that. Um, my question is, will we see further lawsuits about that? Are you restricting the student athlete's right to, uh, to truly monetize in the marketplace what he could get for those types of things? Um, I mean, is that your understanding that they'll, I mean, they're going to be able to restrict them from what they can and cannot, uh, how they can and cannot monetize on name, image, and likeness? Well, the original NCAA proposal I thought was very restrictive. Now, you know, what's been talked about in the last week is a proposal essentially to leave it up to the schools. You know, to go back to the Supreme Court, you know, the Austin case was actually fairly narrow in scope. It was really about, you know, additional educational opportunities being made available to student athletes that the university can provide that they may maybe do not provide to all the general student body. But I think the fact that it was a 9-0 vote, and if you read any of Brett Kavanaugh's concurrence, right. I mean, he, he basically just you know demolished the NCAA model, the amateur model. And I think everybody probably, I know I did read that as almost an invitation right. to, for, you know, a, a subsequent, you know, uh, antitrust suit sort of challenging just the whole NCAA model. So I would think after that 9-0 decision with that Kavanaugh concurrence, I would think there's going to be far fewer restrictions on NIL that maybe the schools initially intended. But to go back to the question you raise about, you know, Kentucky is a Nike school. And as you correctly point out, the governor's executive order gives basically forbids, you know, athletes from signing contracts or gives schools the right to block contracts that would conflict with existing contracts that the athletic department or the school already has. My question on that would be next time you know tim couch 2.0 a transformational talent you know somebody you know comes out and says you know i want to play for the kentucky wildcats i love kentucky but 
I've just signed a humongous deal with Under Armour, a personal deal, and I'm not coming unless you let me wear and, and benefit from this deal. Right. <laughs> that, I think, gets really interesting. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, very much so. Very much so. And, I, you know, I asked the question, Mitch, about, I mean, could we see this written into future scholarships in the scholarship offer? You are offered a scholarship, but you cannot – you know, endorse or, uh, uh, you know, accept money from, as you said, somebody who's in con- uh, an entity that's in conflict with uh, uh, already existing uh, contracts. But that, you know, that's pretty restrictive. Uh, you know, Central Bank is a big sponsor of uh, Kentucky. You know, uh, if fans notice whenever we do a Zoom or uh, it's more so when we did the um, uh, in-person interviews, uh, press conferences after games with the coaches or whatever, there was always the backdrop behind them, which they put up has, uh, you know, Central Bank on it as because they are a big donor, big sponsor of UK Athletics. So, you know, if you are a athlete, you know, you – uh, at UK, the way it stands now, I guess you would be prohibited from like if another bank wanted to, uh, you know, wanted you to endorse the product. Same thing I wonder with like Paul Miller Ford. Paul Miller Ford has uh, contracts with the coaches, uh, you know, where they do ads for them. There's a lot of car dealers here in town, and I'm sure they would probably some of them would like to use UK athletes to promote their car dealership. Can they are they restricted from doing that because uh, Paul Miller Ford has a deal? I don't know if they, is the deal with the UK or is the deal with the coaches. I would assume the deal is with JMI, right. which is UK's commercial agent, and the coaches are being used, you know, these via that deal. Right. You know, that, that that that's an interesting question. Does everybody who has a contract with UK Athletics? Basically, you know, is it are they all exclusive and nobody affiliated with UK sports and meaning all the athletes can can do deals with anybody else? I mean, that part of what I think is fascinating about this, and it's kind of amazing. You've got two just you know humongous shifts in the paradigm of college sports that have come down this summer. One is the one-time free transfer, right. and the other is now this in a name, image, and likeness thing. And there doesn't appear to have been any or very little you know thought or very little <laughs> set up in terms of how this is supposed to work. And yeah. and, and 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 you know it's easy to bang on Mark Emmert. I don't know, you know, I, I almost feel bad for criticizing him because everybody criticizes him. But <laughs> right. that's just a colossal failure in leadership. And I understand that his is a complicated job. And part of the problem with the NCAA is you have all these disparate um, into your disparate groups and they have varying interests, you know, mm-hmm. you know, center and transy playing non-scholarship or NCAA schools and Kentucky and Louisville, you know, playing humongous big time college sports or NCAA schools. And, you know, it's hard to get everybody on the same page, but all that said, I mean, you just, uh, I just don't understand how you can get to this point and not have done more to sort of, you know, prepare for these big changes. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Well, in the name, image, and likeness, you know, uh, I don't, off the top of my head, remember how many states have passed legislation for name, image, likeness. But the NCAA has basically, you know, tried to get Congress to make a rule that would supersede or pass a law that would supersede those states so they would all be, you know, uh, there would be consistency on the issue. But, uh, you know, they tried to get the NCAA, I mean, the uh, Congress to do it by July 1st. Obviously, that's not going to happen. So now they're apparently this going to meet this week and they're basically going to say if you live in a, so everybody says that if you live in a state that already has legislation, you have to go by the legislation. If you don't, uh, you you know, you basically, it's up to the school to make up their own rule. So, uh, yeah, but no, they're definitely, definitely uh, got caught, you know, unprepared for this. I think it's because they fought it so long. I think that was one of the things with Mitch on his pre- on his press conference, his Zoom on, on Friday with us. And he, at one point, he made reference to the fact, you know, we've been on the opposite, polar opposite side of this for so long. It's kind of hard for, uh, for them to immediately switch gears. We fought against it, fought against it. Student athletes get a scholarship. You know, we can't pay the players or, you know, we, or we won't survive. And then now you've got, you know, the other end of it where the play, student athletes now can make money and can monetize. You know, they kind of got to wrap their mind around that and get how can we do this in the best way possible to help the student athletes. There was a lot of talk by Mitch about, you know, long-term issues and how it would affect them in the long term and making good decisions and so forth. Uh, but as somebody pointed out, I think uh, on Twitter, I think to you or maybe it was me about, is that a conflict of interest for the school to be guiding these student athletes about what they can and can't do when they're really, the school's obviously going to protect their own interests. Well, I think it can be. I mean, you know, I, I, there's so much of this, you know, that we just don't know how it's going to play out. Right. You know, I actually see this as the best chance to sort of save college sports at the magnitude it's at. To me, if this, if we try this and it doesn't work, and by me not working means it's just not benefiting enough athletes, mm. then if you get to a case where the schools themselves wind up paying the players, that's when I think you see a huge contraction and, you know, probably, you know, the power, the football power five, you know, the big East and basketball, maybe a few others could afford to pay. But my guess is at that point, you wind up cutting a whole bunch of men's sports. You would have football and men's basketball and a lot of women's sports. And, you know, to me, part of the, the challenge now is to you know try to manage this in such a way that it benefits enough athletes that you're able to continue to offer these, you know, broadband or broad-based athletic departments with a whole lot of sports, a whole lot of people getting scholarships and a whole lot of, you know, high level, you know, high level teams. And, you know, to me, you know, this is the best chance to preserve that. I get a sense that a lot of people that are not in the quote unquote revenue sports are really against this and really afraid of this. And to me, this may be their best chance to save what they've got. Yeah. No, no, I agree with that. Um, you know, and I think there's going to be a lot of different things that we're not even thinking about. Somebody brought up to me uh, last week, and and I really don't know the answer to this. Uh, but like, say you are, uh, say your say your kid like Dante Allen, uh, can you now go, uh, you know, 
can you have camps now? Uh, can you go to Pendleton County or really around the state? Obviously, Dante, you know, known throughout the state. Could you have camps uh, around the state, you know, the Dante Allen camp? Does that qualify, you know, for kids and charge money for that and make money off that? Does that qualify as name, image, and likeness? I don't know if that's – I don't know the answer to that, but that's a possibility. And I think, you know uh, – you know, Mitch made the point that uh, uh, one of the track and field athletes actually has the uh, most followers on social media than any other athlete at UK, and uh, she's worked at it and built up quite a following. You know, there might be more opportunities for those sports who did not, you know, uh, the big revenue-generating sports uh, – meaning, you know, football and men's basketball, uh, than we think. And, you know, another example, obviously, is volleyball winning the national championship. Um, so, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that stuff pay, plays out. Yeah, I would argue, as I, in, you know, my interpretation of name, image, and likeness, it would cover the ability to hold camps or appear at clinics. And, That's what I thought, yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, you mentioned the volleyball team, you know, Ali Stumler, who, you know, was a first team All-American and then whose performance in the national championship game was pretty close to the volleyball equivalent of Jack Givens scoring 41 <laughs> points against Duke right. in the uh, men's basketball national championship game in 78. But because she's an underclassman, you know, she couldn't go out and sign autographs. And right. the, the, the time to strike, you know, while the iron was hot was this year because, you know, they may or may not you know, go back to the final four or whatever, you know, after her senior year. So, you know, this was, this was her time to strike. And, you know, because of, you know, the rules that were in place at the time, she wasn't able to do that. The other thing, I think a lot of this is going to, will for at least some athletes will, will be online. You know, Haley Van Lith, Van Leith, who is a women's basketball player at Louisville has over 720,000 followers on Instagram. I would think that account could be monetized pretty right. easily without a whole lot of effort right. from 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 Haley Van Leith. So right. you know, that kind of thing, you know, is you know is something that I think can put some money in some athletes' pockets and not involve an awful lot of you know distractive uh, activity from the athlete. Right, because uh, you know, especially on uh, Instagram, there are so many of these uh, you know influencers who you know have deals with uh, to wear clothes or jewelry or to promote products you know on Instagram. And yeah, somebody with a following like that, or uh, you know, could, could definitely. I would think that uh, businesses would definitely be uh, you know be interested in you know having them uh, you know uh, endorse or uh, uh, promote their product. There's so much about this that is interesting, you know, and, and I think some of the the problems that people bring up are going to sort of work themselves yeah. out. Just, you know, I don't think you're going to have players skip in practice to go sign autographs because no. number one, you know, the coach, they're not going to play them. I mean, right. for to, to be able to reap benefits from NIL, you're going to have to be a good player right. and your team is going to have to do well. And the way that happens is you work at it and you practice. So I, right. I don't worry about that at all. But the one thing I do think is interesting is the potential internal dynamics. And I think of, and I don't think it's the case that people are going to resent the best player. You know, I think you'd have had to have been a moron to resent Benny Snell if he had right. been making money. But I do think it's interesting. I think in 2018, I think there's a chance that Cash Daniel, who was a popular in-state player, might have been reaping more than Josh Allen, right. who didn't really blow up into this, you know, who we think of as Josh Allen until his senior year. Right. And so I think it's possible that, you know, in that case that, you know, cash might have been able to reap more cash, no pun intended, than, than, <laughs> than Josh. 
Rush was getting. Right. And, and in that case, you wonder if it would have an impact on, you know, internal team morale or that kind of thing. Well, and, and you know, you mentioned that, and I didn't think of this, but the thought of this, and you, you've written a lot uh, about, you know, in-state recruiting and recruiting in-state players. Is that would that be something that would make an in-state recruit more likely to stay uh, and play for the state university because he's already built up, you know, Cash had already built up a following uh, before he even got to UK uh, because people knew who he was, especially in Eastern Kentucky, uh, where someone like a Josh Allen coming in from out of state, they really didn't know who he was when he got here, and it wasn't until he started, you know, really playing well. But and as you mentioned, even then, he may not have had the in-state following that somebody like Cash Daniel is. That's is that something that in-state recruits moving forward, not just to Kentucky, but other states and schools as well, will have to take into consideration. Yeah, I think it is. And I think that's something if you're a Kentucky fan looking for something to worry about, I think because Kentucky football cannot, you know, be fully reliant on in-state recruits, anything that incentivizes, you know, players staying close to home is, you know, it's probably problematic for Kentucky. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, that's probably something for UK fans to be a little concerned about. Yeah. One thing I think is that I think the schools that are really going to benefit from this uh, I think, uh, or have the opportunity to benefit for this. Uh, Kentucky, I think, is one fits that fits in this category. Or schools where they have a, a obviously a rabid following of a particular sport that are in an area that are in a college town or in an area where there are no professional sports. I think about obviously Alabama and Auburn football. You think about Clemson football. Uh, more so than, you know, Miami football, where there's professional sports, you know, is there going to be that much demand among business types in Miami for Miami football or uh, Pittsburgh or, you know, places like that? I think it will help the college towns, uh, you know, those, I think those student athletes will have a an advantage when it comes to NIL over some of the other schools. Yeah, and a couple of things I wonder about just like um, can kind of these fallen programs with huge passionate fan bases whose programs have just slipped. Um, think of Nebraska football or Tennessee football, maybe Indiana men's basketball. Does this give their fan, you know, their fan bases a chance to help revitalize those programs by, you know, right. being, helping you know, being actually giving them a role in attracting talent. I don't know. You know, I don't think it has the impact on football in terms of balance of power because, you know, there's no there's no competitive balance now in football. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, and Ohio State every year. Right. So, you know, you know what what are what can you lose there? The other thing, there's so you take so many players in football, you know, right. you have to have a, so many good players to really move the needle. On basketball, however, you know, if you one or two really good players can really make a huge difference. So if you're, say, David Letterman and you decide you want Ball State to become to play in the final four and, right. you, and you know, incentivize worldwide pants to provide, you know, some really <laughs> great NIL opportunities to right. if you come to Ball State to play basketball, you know, right. maybe that could move the needle. Right. I do think I will say that, you know, Mitch made the statement, you know, uh, you know, if somebody is coming to a university just because of NIL, that's not really, you know, uh, what they should be coming for. You know, you know, it should be for the educational opportunity and all and the other benefits. And, and out of that, they have the opportunity to monetize, uh, you know, their name, image and likeness, uh, you know, uh, through the NIL, through the executive order and those rules. I understand that, and that's the right thing to say. 
but you better have a plan in place because I'm sure there are parents who coming in, There's that's going to be a question they, they ask. If I am, especially if a big-time basketball recruit, if you're coming to Kentucky, I'm asking John, and if I'm a family member, if I'm a father or a mother, I'm asking John Calipari, okay, well, what, what about your NIL program? What is that involved? That may not be the first question I ask, but I, I'm, I would guarantee you that's going to be a question that's asked by uh, the family or, uh, or the people who are advising uh, these recruits, that that's going to be a question that's going to be asked. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's not really any choice. You have to be all in and fully embrace it. And right. I think one reason why the fans, or at least some of the fans, had such an adverse reaction to that Mitch Zoom conference was that, you know, they just felt like that wasn't the message he was sending off. Right. You know, I think the nature, you know, we've seen college sports, you know, for a long time now. And, you know, the nature of competition is people get driven, you know, somebody's going to find an advantage and that they're going to wield that. And, you know, then you're going to have to sort of, if not match it, you're going to have to figure out something to counter it. And there's no reason to think it's going to be different in this. No. So, you know, you kind of just have to buckle up and figure it out. Right. All right. Uh, I want to ask you about one other topic, but anything else we want to say about this topic? No, I think it's going to be really interesting. <laughs> yes, very much so. Uh, very much so. And everybody's kind of the same way. They're kind of getting thrown into this, and we'll see how it, how it all works out. I want to ask you about the football column you wrote about uh, the Kentucky quarterback situation and about uh, Will Levis. Uh, obviously, the football – Obviously, the quarterback is going to be the big question going in into the fall. I encourage people to check out uh, Mark's column on that. Uh, what do you think about the quarterback situation here in the summer? We're, we're what are we about a month or so away from the start of spring uh, start of fall practice? How do you think that's going to play out? Well, the scuttlebutt you know indicates you know seems to indicate that it's going to be Will Levis, the transfer from Penn State, and I have literally never seen Will Levis play one down of football, so I have no idea. <laughs> That what that means, <laughs> what what you know, what I wrote, what I was fascinated by is kind of the big picture is you know Kentucky brought in you know Liam Cohen from the NFL to to build a passing game to sort of put a passing game on top of what has been a punishing ground game, but not much through the air, and it's just sort of fascinating that you know the the two guys that I think at least we everybody seems to perceive as the leaders in the quarterback competition are Will Levis, the transfer from Penn State, and Joey Gatewood, who was here last year but transferred from Auburn. And if you look at their former schools, they were both used as situational running quarterbacks. Right. And, you know, it's just kind of – I just think it's kind of, I don't know, funny that at this school where the whole thing is we've got to get better at throwing the ball, the, the two quarterbacks were both used, you know, primarily as runners at their prior schools. Now, you know, I haven't said that. I don't – you know, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't feel like I've seen enough of Gatewood to have formed a lasting opinion. And as I've said, I've never seen Levis. So, you know, we'll see. Right. Yeah, yeah same thing. I've heard uh, uh, I've heard a couple of people who cover Penn State on different shows and were asked about, uh, uh, you know, Levis. And they brought up about, you know, they were he was used primarily as a running quarterback uh, at Penn State. Uh, and kind of to the surprise of the Penn State people as well. You know, everybody has said, and I guess, you know, there's a there's video now of on uh, Twitter or on social media of Levis throwing a uh, – kneeling down and throwing a ball, what, 50 yards uh, through – you know, he's obviously got a strong arm. Now, I know uh, from what I hear from the Penn State people, there's some question about his touch and that sort of thing. Uh, but, yeah, that's very interesting. We're going to – you know, Kentucky, we hired an NFL – a person with an NFL background for offensive coordinator because we got to get better in the passing game. 
But as you say, yeah, the top two candidates for the job both have reputations, or at least with their prior college experience has mostly been uh, running the ball. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, Anything else, Mark, before I let you go? I just, uh, I don't know about you, but I went to E-Town for the uh, John Calipari roving basketball camp and Keon Brooks was available that day. And it was the first live interview I'd been part of with an athlete (laughs) since February of 2020. And I can't tell you how much fun that was. <laughs> yes, I've been, I went to a few of the camps as well, and uh, we got to actually talk to the players. And then I went, a couple of instances, we got to talk to Orlando Antigua and uh, Chin Coleman, uh, coaches. And, yes, it was uh, very nice to be able to talk to them in person, not have to do it by Zoom. Uh, and, uh, you know, the Zoom, I'm, I'm thankful for the Zooms in the during the pandemic because that, you know, at least – gave us stuff to write about and we we're able to talk to people but it's much better to to do it in person that yeah it's, i it's think we can all agree on that <laughs> much much better to do it in person is an understatement <laughs> yeah so uh mark has written a ton of good stuff lately so be sure and check out a, a really good column on travis ford uh here recently that was a, that was really good a really good father's day column on kelly wills both those columns were really good uh anything else you want to plug mark um got some more stuff coming with college coaches here in our state and uh i've got one more um, i think interesting mark stoops column on the way so good well so everybody should look for that uh and follow mark on twitter at mark c story and mark as always thanks for being on the podcast thanks for having me john Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks, as always, to Mark Story of The Herald Leader. Be sure and check him out on Kentucky.com and in the print edition of The Herald Leader. Follow him on Twitter at Mark C. Story. You can follow me on Twitter at John C. John Clay IV. You can email me at jclay at herald-leader.com. You can find these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, and iHeart Podcasts. Uh, subscribe, give us a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. It just helps uh, get the word out about the podcast. We really appreciate everyone who has done that. We appreciate everyone who has listened to the podcast as we get closer to the start of football, we'll be ramping up some more podcasts. Uh, we had a recruiting podcast last week with Ben Roberts about UK basketball recruiting, so be sure and check that out as well, and we'll have more of those coming up. Again, thanks to everybody who listens to the podcast, and we'll be talking to you again soon.